the ASCO Leaders Reading Podcast with Jeff Barton. Hello there, I'm Mary Myatt and uh, I'm an educational writer and speaker and thinker. Hi, I'm John Thompson. I used to be head teacher at Huntington School in York. I now speak about education and write about education and do lots of work with Mary Myatt. Hey, a dream team, if ever there was one. Now, (laughs) uh, as an English teacher, I looked at the title of your book, Her, and immediately thought, why is there not a question mark at the end of that? Uh, Because I, I assumed it was, you know, what you would say to someone when you didn't understand it. But there's a different explanation, is there not, for the title of the book? Would, would, would one of you like to tell us about the Egyptian god of endlessness? Well, um, I'll probably take that bit up, Mary, because um, I was, the book was going to be called, Jeff, uh, The Middle Leader's Handbook for Senior Leaders, telling them what they need to know about their subjects. And we did the book and we interviewed 19 brilliant subject leaders and two senior leaders, and the thing was going swimmingly. But what I didn't know was that Mary Meyer, in her past life, was also a marketeer and, and worked in marketing and had a degree in the classics so mary was saying we need a good we need a good name we need a good name for this book um and i thought of janus the janus curriculum conversations because you know two-way conversations between two different people and i could tell she was okay about that but probably slightly lukewarm um and everybody we spoke to said that the curriculum they're always working on the curriculum and mary had this mantra that we were telling the never-ending story of the curriculum so one saturday afternoon i looked up the god of endlessness and it turned out to be her um the god of endlessness creativity fertility and regeneration which we thought was a great god for the god of the curriculum and uh, so that's the story absolutely well look (laughs) From a grateful nation, thanks for not going for Janus. <laughs> <laughs> and it, 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 it feels to me as if what, what's at the heart of the book, and I'll, in, in, a, in a minute I'll just ask you to kind of talk, talk about why curriculum matters and stuff, but uh, what's at the heart of the book is something I've heard people like Michael Wilshaw used to say, and something when I was interviewed for a headship, one of the middle leaders sidled up to me and he said, I'll tell you what, mate, the people who run this school are the middle leaders the subject leaders and that tension between as soon as you step out of being a subject leader into senior leadership and how you keep the conversation around the things that really matter is one of the big challenges and essentially that's what your book is about isn't it mary yeah i think i think it's fair to say that um and there's something else going on as well jeff that um not only do we argue that the curriculum is the beating heart of the school and that key stage three should be the intellectual powerhouse of the school There's a layer of uh, dynamics that needs to be unpacked, and that is um, the education by and large is pretty hierarchical. And there are many settings where, uh, you know, that is that is laid out very clearly. But these conversations where senior leaders need to have some purchase of what's going on, they're the senior person talking to someone who's junior to them, but the junior person happens to know more. And so what we were really trying to do, uh, and, and we wrote about this in the book, is to say that really both sides have come, got to come uh, from a place of um, curiosity. The senior leader needs to do a bit of prep, and we've got some suggestions there. But to really shift that dynamic of um, holding others to account and um, moving it towards, uh, actually, I'm a relative novice here, and I'm talking to you 
as the relative expert, and that shifts the territory. And I think some discourse around that um, needed to needed to happen, and I think it needs to continue to happen. And the idea of the conversation is not to use that ugly word accountability. It's not. It's not part of a you know, a kind of inspectorial approach. It's more that if you're a subject leader, you want someone to be giving you an appropriate level of challenge and support, but also of understanding as to what it is you are trying to achieve with your young people in the classroom. That that was at the root of, of the book, really, Jeff, because just over a year ago, a head teacher approached me and said, could I come do some work at his school to help him hold the middle leaders to account, the subject leaders to account for the curriculum? And I said, well, how can you do that if you don't know anything about it? And it really kind of took him aback. And so you have to you have to approach this work as a senior leader with some humility. And uh, I, I take the example of myself who who line managed languages, modern languages, for the last seven years of my headship. And I got a CSE grade one in German in 1980. And I know that Brighton means I travel to Brighton on the train. But that's the extent of my German. Okay. <laughs> and the person I was line managing, the person I was line managing, has got a double first in German and Russian from Cambridge. Right, so I'm a chocolate teapot. Right, I cannot, I can in that in that sense, I cannot help her develop the curriculum, and I and everything she tells me, I have, I have to take uh, as as read because I can't, I don't know, I don't know. So it, I, the, the the my position on this is, uh, I know Mary shares this is, the senior leaders have got to do a lot of good graft, a lot of honest graft to get up to speed. And the, and the metaphor I'm starting to use lately is, you know, if you, if you go abroad and you go to France and you, you haven't got any language, but you try, you try to speak the language and the more you try, the better you get. Um, and the more you try, the more the locals like you. Right? And, and, and respect you for having a go. And I think that's the same relationship with the subject leaders who would really appreciate you working hard to find out about their subject. And the more you work hard, the, the, the more you're collaborative and, and you're sitting alongside them up, and, and working on this thing called the curriculum. And the fact that we are working on this thing and talking about this thing called the curriculum uh, is a sign of, of how things have moved on because we didn't talk about the curriculum a great deal even five or six years ago, or perhaps, perhaps some people were, but I, I'm not sure we talked enough about it. Um, so, so, Mary, when you talk about it as the beating heart of the school and you particularly talk about Key Stage 3, which we'll remember Ofsted called the wasted years, could, could you just talk about, A, why, why curriculum matters so much and, B, just reflect on Key Stage 3 and what we need to know about it? Yes. So I think, um, you know, I think discourse around the curriculum has always been there. It's just not had such a high profile. Um, and, um, you know, the, the, the new national curriculum published in 2013 with implementation from 2014 um, refreshed a lot of it. And at the same time, you've got the uh, changes and upgrades in the uh, examinations at key stage four and five so there's a lot happening um but um then of course the quality of education judgment meant that it was uh now pretty important that um uh you know that went further up the agenda um in many schools who hadn't paid a huge amount of attention to it um i think there were there were an awful lot of assumptions it's just like people kind of knew what to do and if they were vaguely following the national curriculum that was fine but there wasn't much talk about sequencing or supporting children to learn big ideas and revisit them over time um 
and that's all been allied with the recently arrived, although it's been around a long time, you know, the findings from psychology and cognitive science, which are giving us some good indicators. So I think those are all the reasons why the curriculum um, has become um, a, a, um, a, a subject with some urgency. Um, in terms of Key Stage 3, um, yeah, I mean, I remember when that came out in 2015, The Wasted Years by Anne Senevratny, um, at Ofsted, and she identified really a lot of what was going uh, uh, wrong and adrift at Key Stage 3. It hadn't got the priority that Key Stage 4 had, um, that um, there wasn't sufficient challenge, a whole host of things that were the result of neglect, really, rather than people deliberately saying, we're not going to bother here. Um, but actually, if you get Key Stage 3 right, where you're really tackling all the big ideas, you're, la you're laying the foundations for... Um, you know, then what comes later, not in terms of the content, but in terms of those foundations of the of the structures and the systems and the and the big theories within the within the uh, subject. Um, but a further thing about considering Key Stage 3 to be the intellectual powerhouse, not just in terms of powering up for Key Stage 4, important as that is, but actually thinking about those students who won't be taking a subject beyond the end of Key Stage 3 um, and you really want to have left them with an ongoing um, potential for interest in that subject, even if they're not taking it to exam level, but also as an entitlement to know this rich stuff. And um, so for me, that's been one of the big drivers of, of my thinking um, around this. And I think in due course, the findings from the wasted years will, um, will be addressed to a greater degree. Well, I, I've just come to our discussion now from a discussion with the people who are writing the uh, new white paper that the government is uh, fermenting uh, in Whitehall. And what, one of the big areas I think that they are exploring is what is key stage three for? Because you'll you'll probably remember one of the bleakest stories that Amanda Spielman tells from very early on in her time as chief inspector is sitting at the back of a, I think it was a year seven history lesson. And she said uh, the, the, the way the teacher opened the lesson to these year sevens was, um, I'm going to teach you now something that you're going to do if you do GCSE history and show you the way that you will answer questions. And it means that Key Stage 3 becomes this long, tedious runway to, to a kind of end, bleak end point that GCSE is the only thing that is defining your educational experience rather than studying history because history is something you would want to study. Um, exactly, exactly, Jeff. And, you know, it's never a blame game. I don't blame that teacher. That's the culture of the school where everything is geared up to those final exams. And the exams are important. You know, the, the, you know it's a given that the passports for all sorts of future good things to happen to children. So they are important. <laughs> but the paradox is, is that you don't you don't get those great results by starting the exam type questions in year seven. I've come across a similar example where children in uh, year seven being given AQA language paper two type questions, again, in order to try to get better results. That's just going to crucify the curriculum and the experience for both the children and the member of staff. What is going to get them better results is a really rich diet um, at Key Stage 3, and that's where we've got the chance and the time to, to do this. And I do think that's one of the good things that's come out of the quality of education judgment in this latest framework, is they're taking a careful look to see that um, Key Stage 3 is not degraded into um, pseudo-GCSE, because that's not what an education is.
Yes, totally understood. John, just in terms of how, how would I, as a senior leader, picking this book up, how would I use it? Because what it isn't is a script whereby I kind of robotically have this conversation with my head of art or my head of history. It's really not that, is it? So just explain what it is. No, so what it is is a, is, a, is a genuine conversation with a practitioner who's doing the work on the ground in a school. And we picked some brilliant people. You know, we've got some, I mean, my favorite, probably one of my, one of the chapters that strikes me is the, is the maths chapter. You've got a chance to read the maths chapter by Chris McGrain, who runs the maths department in the biggest school in Scotland, 2,200 kids in Holyrood School in Glasgow. Um, you get a really good sense of of the subject. You get a really good sense of how important it is that you think about not just what you're teaching, but how you teach it. Um, and you get, um, once you've got that essence of the subject by reading the chapter, you also have three recommendations um, from the subject leader of further, of further reading. So in about three or four hours, of concentrated reading, you can get a really good grasp of what the subject is and, 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 the, and the very essence of each subject. And then there's five questions that subject leaders about, that would like to be asked about their subject. And that's a really good starting point. So I've seen some really lovely work going on at Huntington where they begin these conversations now, um, the first conversations of the year, where the senior leader explains their understanding of the subject to the subject leader and the subject leader kind of says yeah that's that's helpful that's that's right that you've got that bit slightly confused but that's essentially it and then kind of the next question is so if i go into a maths lesson with you what am i going to see or if i go into a history lesson what am i going to see if i'm seeing a good lesson and then finally what other things would you want me to ask you about you know so it really changes the nature of those conversations and sets you up um over time because none of this is easy work, none of this is, is quick work, um, over time of gaining a deeper, broader understanding of the essence of each subject. Yes, I like that very much. I like that sense that this is not about quick hits. It is about professional dialogue. It is about um, exploring solutions rather than thinking there are ready-made solutions. And it is, if you'll forgive me, being pretentious, but you would expect me to be. It's about the humanity that we should have in our leadership. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's not pretentious exactly. at all. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Jeff. from the rooftops. <laughs> and just my, my fi final point. We've been through this extraordinary period of, of education. You both, like I have, have been around the block quite a lot and you're meeting you're probably meeting subject leaders more than I am and going into classrooms perhaps in normal times more than I am what, what's your feeling about where we are in terms of our educational development how, how is education feeling in England at the moment from your perspective I'll go first Mary yes you'll go first I'll go first I mean I I I I think we've got to be very careful Jeff of thinking that Knowledge organisers and knowledge for the sake of it is the be-all and end-all. Um, and actually, we've also got to think about you know the, what I call the triumvirate of the curriculum, which is the content, 
the responsive pedagogy and the assessment and making sure we're getting children to think really hard in lessons. And I, you know, I've been in lots of lessons recently, lots of schools doing some brilliant work with, with Tom Sherrington on help, helping people improve in schools. And I see people really working hard at it. People delighted to be back in the classroom and people delighted to be talking about education, talking about the curriculum, talking about the stuff they went in it for, talking about the love of the subject and the love of teaching. So I, I'm, I'm in a hopeful position but I just my 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 only warning light is really saying be careful of the of, of the knowledge curriculum for the sake of it unthinkingly because it's slightly more complex than that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Mary. Yes, I'm I'm pretty optimistic overall. Um, I think there's a hunger for um, new insights, new knowledge to get this um, in in better shape. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. Um, but there's also there's also um, requests for a lot of support. So one of the things that John and I are uh, working on tomorrow, John's got seven brilliant routes into the conversations around um, the curriculum. And we mentioned that on a podcast with the Greenshaw Trust um, the other evening. And you could see the people on the call absolutely riveted. They were busy making notes. And I suddenly said to John, you know, we need, need to do um, some more publicity on this. So it's good that people um, uh, are hungry for information. I think uh, lockdown's done a lot on that. But I think uh, the opening up of the cognitive science and psychology and the work that the subject associations and the discourses on Twitter have all fed into that as well. Um, but it's about keeping the main thing the main thing and not being distracted by gimmicky stuff, as John has said, with a knowledge organiser ain't a curriculum <laughs> and thinking that there are short shortcuts to this. It's not it's highly um, uh, it's highly um, dialogic. It's highly dialectical, you know, trashing this stuff out. And, you know, what, what we're finding with the people that we've, we've been speaking to is that they absolutely love the chance to talk about the heart of their curriculum. Mm. Um, as long as they're reassured that they don't need to know it all, you know, even the subject, none of us knows it all. Um, I mean, John and I are finding out stuff the whole time as we have these conversations. But to regard it as a, as a, a, a this is why her is captures it beautifully, um, that it is, it really is um, an everlasting, never-ending piece of work. Given that, we have to pace ourselves because a lot of people who are worried about you know, just signing it off with intent statements downloaded from other places rather than thrashing it out for themselves. Um, but to relax into that and to pace themselves appropriately, the curriculum is not going to sit as a ready-made um, artefact which we can ever sign off completely. Well, thank you very much, Mary, and thank you, John. But also, I think the biggest thanks go to her, the Egyptian god of endlessness <laughs> associated with fertility creation and regeneration. We definitely need as much of that as we can get. So it's a, it, it's a really good read. Her, curriculum conversations between subject and senior leaders. Mary and John, seriously, thanks so much for all you're doing. Thanks, Jeff, Catch and up. you too. The Ask All Leaders Reading Podcast with Jeff Barton.